Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Tour Report Podcast, episode 113. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games, although I haven't really been playing that many video games. I've been keeping fairly busy, so so I, I've kind of just been touching some things here and there, but nothing really of of a lot of note or value, I feel like, in terms of what I've currently been playing. I did play a little bit of Lost Kingdoms 2 this weekend, but I'm still just kind of working on that. Um, the, the I'm trying to, like, like, there's these transformation spells in the game that uh, allow you to kind of, like, navigate the environment at different, like, uh, in different ways, but they're, they're all pretty straightforward for those parts. Like, Oh, one of these jumps, one of these breaks, the big thing. And the other one lets you fly essentially, at least so far. Um, and so a lot of the game so far has been like, uh, trying to figure out how I'm going to cross certain gaps. And the answer is the flying card basically. So, so sometimes I feel like I'm just like, Oh, I, I like, because I have the jumping card, I feel like I should be able to get over somewhere fairly quickly. But, um, but it's, it's too far every time. So even though as I might try from a bunch of different angles and stuff and it never works out. So, so I finally got the flying card. So I finally can go back and like start, uh, grabbing some of the chests. Like, like one of the first areas in the game, they immediately show you a chest. That's just like, you can't get here kind of thing. So it's kind of, it's kind of neat. They kind of make you go back and, and revisit those areas to go, go get stuff. Um, I'm not sure if the if the first game had anything like that. I remember the first game being fairly straightforward in terms of of navigating the environment, but it's been a long time. It's been like ten years, so so I'm really hoping that uh, I'll be able to get my my copy of Lost Kingdoms uh, one sent to me before before I actually do that Lost Kingdoms two podcast that I've been talking about. Um, we'll we'll see if I actually get around to to actually trying to play it. But uh, I would just like to like maybe not play through all of Lost Kingdoms one again, but but at least check it out and. Honestly, I, I could use the footage probably. My my constant hoarding of game footage. So, uh, in terms of news this week, uh, some of these some of these stories might be from a week beforehand too. Um, I I skipped news last week to talk about just video game stuff or stuff I had purchased. So some of these news stories might be pretty old, but but I dragged them out because I thought they were kind of interesting. Uh, one of them, which being that the uh, alongside the Nintendo Switch Lite announcement, I don't need to talk about Switch, Nintendo Switch Lite. You guys all know about that. I don't really have any thoughts about it. I it's not a product for me really because I don't really play the game or the system portably. Um, but but uh, during the the <laughs> Level 5's virtual YouTuber stream talking about the Switch Lite. They actually announced that there was going to be a Yokai Watch and Nino Kuni 1 uh, port to Nintendo Switch, which is actually pretty pretty neat. Nino Kuni, I'm not so concerned about because you can already, already get that on PS3. So, like, you know, if you want to play that thing on a TV, it's fine. But uh, Yokai Watch is another one of those games in the 3DS library that that thankfully is getting ported over onto a on a system that you can actually play on a TV. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much they clean it up. I don't think they showed any footage. Basically, just the VTuber mentioned it and saying that um, when the Switch Lite comes out, uh, those games will be ready to to be played, which makes sense, I think, given the Switch Lite's price point, um, that they would, would try to pull out a game like that that is more kids-focused or something like that. Like, Yokai Watch is very much a game that tries to pull in that like kid collector market kind of thing so so i don't know if that will actually get localized but at the very least because there is an official localized translation maybe someday somebody will be able to inject the english release into that that version of the game at some point so we'll see um 
I'm always hesitant. I'm, I'm I'm always concerned that <laughs> Yokai Watch games will stop getting localized again because I don't know. It, it feels like the brand is just not really catching on either in in the U.S. and probably the ways they wanted to, but they keep announcing them. So hey, you know, keep it going. I guess keep on trying. <laughs> um, I guess at least to me, like Yokai Watch feels like it's in its twilight years, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it'll maybe it'll make a big old comeback. Um. There's also the announcement of the Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD port, which is cool. Like, I, I, I like Super Monkey Ball a lot, so it's really cool to see uh, Sega finally bringing that back. There was a while where Super Monkey Ball games came out like crazy, um, so it was difficult to miss them. I think I think pretty much every platform had a Super Monkey Ball game um, up until the most recent set of platforms. I don't think there's been a PS4 or Xbox One or Switch Monkey Ball game, but I was interested... I'm kind of curious why they decided to do Banana Blitz. Um, I, I wasn't... Maybe this was just my own experience. I, I didn't like Banana Blitz very much when it came out on the Wii. And I remember it reviewing OK at the time. It was like a launch Wii game. Um, and it had like a bunch of minigames in there, like built for the Wii remote. So I'm wondering like how much they're overhauling this game. I mean, I guess the the one big difference is that uh, because you're not you know limited to the Wii remote, you can't sit there and just like... Uh, you'll probably be able to use actual controls to to control the characters moving around. Where Monkey or Monkey Ball Banana Blitz had you using the Wii Remote and like putting it in the instead of like holding it to the side, like kind of like a a racing game and like allowing you to t- tilt forward, back, left, and right that way. You held like a re- remote still, and you still tilted forward, uh, left, right, and back, which. I always thought it was bizarre, like for, for tilting forward, it really doesn't feel natural tilting that far forward to keep moving the monkey forward in that game. So hopefully actually giving that game like real physical controls will 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 help it. I remember the game being kind of buggy at the time too, so I'm I'm curious. I just it just seems like a strange choice, but if they can clean it up, I'm I'm hundred percent happy for them to bring that stuff out. Um you know, it's been a while since there's been a monkey ball. I heard the Vita version of Monkey Ball was very good. That's the one with the gravier, uh, gravier the like uh, models or whatever that are like in bikinis and you can like <laughs> go around their theme levels and stuff. Um, I always also have been interested in Super Monkey Ball Adventure. That's like the GameCube, Xbox and PS2 game. I know that game's like a hot mess, but but it's kind of interesting to see them try to restructure those games outside of like the individual stage format that the Monkey Ball series was was known for. So so I'll be curious to see. Maybe maybe I'll end up picking it up depending on on what they've done with it. I just need to see some more footage and and how they've implemented the controls. I'm curious how the mini games will stay in because a lot of that stuff was very uh, frivolous at best. So it's like a Super Monkey Ball first person shooter in there, which was silly. It was like a great like mini game collection at the time, but none of it was uh well maybe not great, but it it showed you a lot of interesting way. A lot of, not interesting, but like maybe it's some of the basic functions of the Wii Remote. Like, you know, if you didn't pick up Red Steel or, or, or Call of Duty 3 or something at the launch with the, the or shooters, you can at least play Monkey Ball Shooter kind of thing as like a side, a side, uh, uh, attraction. So maybe we'll revisit that someday. Once I, once I get all my Wii games here, I'll have a good catalog of Wii games that we can look at for the quick plays. Uh, just those because they're so old, I probably have to, sit down and really kind of remember what I liked and didn't like about those games. So, um, there's also the, uh, reveal footage for, or not really a reveal, but there's the 30 Sentinels gameplay, uh, trailer or trailer. It was, it's more like a stream that I saw. I think there is a trailer out there with some gameplay, but, uh, I was watching a stream that showed some gameplay for 13 Sentinels, which is like the vanillaware, um, 
title that's been kind of in development hell since I don't know when was Dragon's Crown. Dragon's Crown was a long time ago, uh, but I think it's been in development hell for a very long time, um, and it's finally coming out. Um, and it's cool that it's a very different game than what they're usually used to. I mean, they they usually make hack and slash games, so this one is is more of a strategy game. Uh, the UI for it is not particularly exciting. Like it's, it's really just like a bunch of virtual looking buildings that you kind of like mouse over with a cursor. And then you see the character portrait and you like choose attacks. And then that character's like robot representation on screen, like typically in the footage I was seeing were like shooting out missiles and blowing out these little pips on the map. So, so like, like strategically it seemed like it would work perfectly fine in terms of like creating a strategy game in that way. Um, but in terms of a presentation standpoint, it was, it was like they gussied it up in all the ways they could, uh, given the, the, like the, the camera limitations and, and like the limitations of the models and things like that, but they don't really, they don't really create a great sense of impact in those, those, uh, menus. So you kind of see stuff happen, but it doesn't really feel like things are going on, I guess. Like, like maybe, maybe like Fire Emblem would be... It, to me, it reminds me of, like, if when you turn off the battle animations in Fire Emblem and characters just sit there and, like, whack each other on the field, it looks fine. And, like, mechanically, there's nothing wrong with that. You literally are not losing anything from the gameplay itself. The only thing you're losing is, like, the, the cinematic nature of those battles. But, but at least for me in Fire Emblem, I always leave those on because it's just, like, it's a really impactful seeing those two characters just go at it back and forth. And, and I feel like Thir 13 Sentinels is missing that. It just feels like... It's kind of sterile. Everything's kind of hands off, and and they 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 have a nice presentation for it, but because there's no impact, I I really question like how satisfying it can feel. But I think it's one of those games that you have to really you're probably gonna have to really sit down and spend some time with it to um figure out if you're gonna like it or not. It'd be like the perfect GameFly game for me, like one I rent without expecting anything, and then like figuring about the the mechanics of the game, and hopefully you know at the end. Uh, ended up liking it, but I, I really don't know if I'll end up playing it. I was actually thinking about this, you know, it's been a long time since it's been a Vanillaware game, um, but I actually don't know if I like any of Vanillaware's ga games very much. Like, I thought Odin Sphere was fine when I was a kid. It's been a long time, but but I, I thought it was, it was I thought it was fine. And then uh, I was not a huge fan of Dragon's Crown either. Uh, Muramasa the Demon Blade always appealed to me, and I still want to pick up the Vita release. Um, but like when I, when I actually sit down and think about like mechanically what, what interests me about that game, it's not really that. I think those games just look really nice. And I mean, Odin's Sphere and, and, and Dragon's, did I say Dragon's Dama? Dragon's Crown? Uh, and Dragon's Crown just like look really good, but I just can't think of like anything about their gameplay that, that is exciting. I feel, I feel like they're not really remarkable is what I feel like. And and I feel like Dragon's Crown also had like one of those things where like the presentation was slightly off where where you get all these weapons and stuff, but all the weapons look the same for the most part. And so you don't really get this feeling of like progression to the character sometimes. But I think that part of that was um, when I was playing the game originally, I didn't really either I didn't know about the skill upgrading stuff or or I just didn't really interact with it much. Um, but, but upgrading your skills seems to be really the part of that game where you're supposed to, you know, um, you know, benefit. But I, I, I feel like just like swapping equipment and stuff. There's like different equipment sets you can have that part of the game just never really did it for me. Um, and, and for like an action hack and slash kind of game, I think that's important, but the skill stuff in, in that game is, is fun. 
Um, I'd be curious to see if I if I end up liking this game if I ever play it, but I just don't know if I will. There's just like nothing really drawing me to it. I think even aesthetically something about it is kind of off-putting to me. I'm not sure what it is. It's one of those things that like the art is good and they have a style they're going for. And I think I've always felt like this with 13 Sentinels where it's just like something about like that weird mech anime thing can be it depends like I like Gundam a lot I'm trying to figure this out on the fly and explain what I think is my issue with this game <laughs> um but I don't really know if I'll, I'll be able to it's something about it like like seeing the like the people like you know it looks like their their character portraits are like them shoved between metal and stuff or that's what it looks like at least and like they're like I think they're naked or something in the metal and they're just like hanging out of this metal while they while they sit there and stare and talk and stuff something about that like bothers me I don't know something about the style maybe it feels like it's a game that takes itself too seriously at times I feel like I felt that way about Odin Sphere as well. You guys got a great little ramble here of me trying to dissect my brain. <laughs> Vanilla wares. But uh, I'll be curious to see how people receive it. I definitely think it's it's different and that's, that's cool. Um, I just don't know if I'll ever end up playing it. But I'll, I'll, I'll see more of it as it comes out. I forget what the release date is. But but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, and then just some, a couple other smaller news stories here. Uh, there's a Graffiti Kingdom mobile game. Really, I don't know what to say about that other than... Who wanted that? But sure, yes, do that. Like, those are the kind of announcements I love where it's like if somebody said like, oh, so they're going to make a new Graffiti Kingdom game for mobile even, I think I'd just be like, sure, what? <laughs> Graffiti Kingdom is a series I have not spent any time with, but it has like this really strange cult following in the US. I don't know how it is in Japan. I'm guessing it is bigger in Japan because why else would you go ahead and make a another game in this series? But if you don't know what the Graffiti Kingdom, the kind of the whole premise of it is that you draw your characters who fight. So in this game, you use the touchscreen on your phone to like draw little character models uh, to fight with. There's also a new PSO2 anime, which there has been a PSO2 anime in the past, but it was like based on like school life stuff. In this case, this is actually like an anime based on the first three episodes of the show. Or of the uh, game, so episode one through three, which is actually, I think, really smart considering how kind of de-emphasized that content is in the game. You can kind of watch those cutscenes, but it's mainly just from, like, a menu. And at some point, like, it's not really integrated into the into the level design anymore so so basically you just sit there and select cutscenes from a menu and watch them that way so an anime might be like a really neat way to to kind of sum that up and just make people feel better about just playing through that game without having to like sit there and spend you know two hours in menus watching cutscenes essentially so i thought that was pretty cool uh but it still still is a live game so although i, I had somebody who, who recently was saying hey maybe we should play some pso2 and i'm like yeah we can <laughs> So I don't know. We'll see. I uh, I'm I'm kind of in this weird spot in between games right now uh, as we as we go forward. So I'm I don't want to commit to Final Fantasy 15 stuff just yet. I think I'm gonna finish Lost Kingdoms two first, and then commit to doing Final Fantasy 15 stuff after that. So, and that's kind of it for news. Um, in terms of just like stuff I've been doing this week, um, it, it kind of a a follow up thing, and and I think I think there'll be some kind of content related to like. I kind of like what I did last week on the podcast, I guess, where where I just kind of walked through games and why I bought them and stuff. And I feel like there's maybe a better way to present that outside of the podcast. So that might become a different part of the content or di different piece of content going forward. Um, I'm currently 
putting together what is like a crafts table, I guess. It's really just like a spare piece of desk I have and I'm mounting some stuff to it. So so I'm, I'm going to see if we can maybe do some like test streams and maybe like building some Nintendo Labo kits or something and and just trying to test out to see how well that works. And so we can have something that might be a little less a little different because, you know, it'll be putting stuff together kind of thing. Um, so one, one way I could leverage that if I wanted to do like, not really unboxings. I don't really want to just do like a pickups video either. I think I do want to be a bit more descriptive and spend more time on, on individual games and then maybe show some footage from those games as well. It won't be anything crazy or anything like that, but, but I think it would be an interesting uh, thing to do. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. I could do it. And if everybody hates it, then we can stop. <laughs> um, um, but I did pick up private idol for the turbo graphics or that's for the PC engine super CD or something like that. I tried looking into what it's called, what it is or like what you have to buy to play, uh, CD based PC engine games these days. And it's kind of a nightmare mess. It's like you, there's like various different uh, PC Engine hardware. Some of them are just the uh, base console. Some of them with the CD. Some are attached and are CD and the the base console. And then other ones are like, like then there's also like these additional cards you have to buy for some games. Like the the game I buy, brought Private Idol um, requires an arcade card. So you have to buy the separate card, and this card can di vary depending on what like model system you have. And it, it's a nightmare mess. But I did kind of kind of narrow down what I would need to buy if I really wanted to go with like original hardware with this stuff. And I think it would be a, a PC Engine Duo R, I think what it's called. But looking into the prices for that, that would be like a an all-in-one system with the with the base console and the CD already, you know, put together. And it sounds like those generally have uh, more reliable components because these systems are old and are like trying to break down, especially the CD stuff. Um, but it seems like generally you're spending like three to five hundred bucks on that stuff. And I don't know. I know for sure for Private Idol alone, that's not worth the money. It's not anywhere near worth the money for that. Um, but I might end up trying to do like a PC Engine style or a PCFX style thing where I just started buying PCFX games and I was largely playing them on emulator. And at some point, uh, the the cost of the PCFX started to make a lot more sense given what I was trying to do with the PCFX. Um, and and so I eventually invested in one. So so we'll see. I I I have no immediate plans. The other thing that would be a good idea if the, the if the product is solid is uh, there's that that system called the Polymega, which is like an emulator box kind of thing. I don't remember if it has any FPGA stuff in it. I remember there was at one point some talk about FP, FPGA stuff with the Polymega, but I think that stuff got rolled back at some point. Um, but basically, it's an emulator box that plays CDs, like actual uh, physical CD games. So you can play PlayStation, Saturn. I don't have a Saturn, so it would be valuable for that. And then TurboGrafx CD games and Sega CD games. Uh, pretty much all of those except for PlayStation would be incredibly valuable for me. And then you can also spend an extra $60 per module. So you can also get these uh, pieces that basically have controller ports and cartridge slots on them. So you can play uh, Super Nintendo, Genesis, TurboGrafx, and NES uh, my NES doesn't work, but I think I'm at this point I'm 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 willing to still try to get that thing working again. Uh, I don't know if I have my broken Super Nintendo anymore. I'll have to ask my sister to see if she has it at her house, and then maybe we could look into see what was wrong with that, and then maybe we could fix that. But if if that's not the case though, like I don't have a Genesis, I don't have a PC Engine, nowhere near that. And if I don't have a Super Nintendo, then like it's it's pretty valuable. The the disc only portion of the the hardware is like three hundred dollars, and the rest is all like sixty dollar modules that you can add on. 
the question really just being is it worth like is it worth it because accuracy is a big deal for me and uh if i had to you know play games that have a lot of issues in them like visual glitches audio glitches things that are gonna break you know the, the playthrough and things like that i'm not very interested in, in investing in a product like that um Thankfully, I think 16 16-bit stuff is pretty solid in terms of emulation. I I think most like you know PC Engine, Sega Genesis, and um, and uh, Super Nintendo are pretty solid and spot on at this point. Stuff like the Saturn is I think a lot more questionable, but even without the Saturn, I think that other stuff would be still be valuable. So. So, I don't know. I'm going to keep an eye on it, see how the reviews are. It was at E3 earlier this year, and it seemed like the reception generally seemed to be positive, but it's one of those things that until people start, like, getting out there and start, you know, analyzing what's in it and start, like, you know, knocking it around, throwing, like, random games on it that typically wouldn't be tested well uh, or tested at all, um, then then that might be, be when we start seeing where the cracks are in that thing. Um, I also just worry about, like, part of me shouldn't worry about this but in terms of video out sometimes i get a little worried when i start doing alternative video out methods that i'm like representing a game in a way that it shouldn't be like represented i don't know if pc engine and turbo graphics have like a natural rgb out or if that's only like a modded thing so yeah i i don't know it's it's not really worth thinking about this time um for that for that bit but the reality is that for unless I have like a significant collection and significant plans for PC Engine stuff, three to five hundred dollars is too much right now. You know, and that doesn't even count controllers. That doesn't count. You know, the cards. I was talking about the arcade card stuff, kind of stuff. That that is, doesn't count. So, but I think I might start looking into purchasing more PC Engine games, specifically CD games, specifically Hunex games, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, Private Idol being a Hunex game, and, and it, it's one of the characters featured. Uh, it. The, the main character from that game, May, is featured in Hunex Fighters 98. So I kind of wanted to take a look at the game before before I did the video. So, um, so yeah, that is that is that is coming along. Um, a couple other things I did do is I went ahead and started burning uh, some of the more expensive PCFX games. I like buying the original games, but when a game is $1,000, $500 for a copy, then it's just not worth it. Um, it's nowhere near worth that amount of money. I'd rather like, like if I was going to be that, like that willing to dump money, um, I feel like it would be way, way better even just like going to charity at the very least. Like if I really didn't want to do anything, I didn't want to invest it like a thousand dollars in something. I just wanted to dump a thousand dollars into this video game. It's not worth it. So, so those are games that I basically consider myself never buying unless they put them on a digital platform. If they put them out on like a, like, you know, PS4 and like, hey, here's Zenkey for the P- PCFX on PS4, I will buy it hands down immediately to support that. Um, but in terms of just like paying a random dude in Japan a thousand dollars for a cop- complete copy of Zenkey, I'm good, man. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. So uh, I played through Zenki and that was pretty cool. I haven't che- I haven't checked out Chin Chin Chan Kick. I think is what it's called. Um, Chin Chan Kick might be a bit harder because it actually has some resolution swaps, so the Frame Meister doesn't really know what to do with it. So I get a lot of black screen moments where the Frame Meister is like trying to adjust to all these resolution slots. So, but yeah, Zenki's fun. We might talk about it again in the future. I, I I think I'll definitely do like a quick play of it. But the reality is, or maybe I'll try something else because reality is it's like a forty five minute game. Um, it's very short. Uh, so so maybe that'd be something to do like. It'd be interesting to do like a talk over kind of thing or, or maybe just like, you know, a pre-recorded, uh, 
talk through the game kind of thing. I don't know. I've, I've been thinking of ways to like vary up content a little bit. And a lot of it is not like particularly different in terms of content, but it's like different settings, which I think like different settings and different formats in terms of like, you know, if I'm streaming it, if I'm pre-recording it, if I'm actively playing the game while I'm talking, or if I'm not playing the game while talking, I think those can give different levels of insight. And so maybe at some point we'll, we'll, you know, decide on one format, be, you know, replacing another if possible, but we'll see. I'm also looking at maybe doing like a shorter video. That's more like a research video. I want to open a research and archiving section to the website. And, um, and I think start just kind of dumping stuff there. Like if I know I'm not going to do anything with something, but I've done the research to get some information. I, but like, you know, it's not really out there and available or at least not compiled in a place. Uh, I might just go ahead and, and just dump it there and be like, you know, it's not you know particularly clean, but here's my notes and all that stuff. And this is what I found. And this is the conclusion I came to based off what information I found, or at least as much of a conclusion I could come to. So I'm debating, I have something kind of written about that right now, but when I did that, I kind of feel like it might be more appropriate. It might, honestly, it just comes down to, I think if it was a video, it might reach more people and and some dude is rubbing his engine out the window so sorry if you're hearing that <laughs> but i think it might be uh be um you know might reach more people if i do it as a video so so we'll see um if, if i do the video i'll definitely probably do a both a video and uh and a um post alongside it so it's available in both formats because at that point, you know, I think it'll probably be a late decision. Like, I, I've pretty much written out what I wanted to do. And if I do make it a video, it'll probably be like a straight conversion from that article kind of thing. So, that's it for this, this week. Thanks for coming. I don't think there's going to be a quick play stream this week. Um, I think it'd just be a little weird right now because I do have somebody somebody here. And it's a little hard to to do that stuff and record it properly. Um I didn't really plan it out this week either, so I'd have to figure out what I'm doing. So I think we're just going to skip on the quick play stream this week, but I think that'll be a returning next week. Uh, Mega Man X3, we finished up last week. I know I spent the entire stream on that fight, basically. <laughs> so so I'm glad we were able to beat Sigma. Uh, Sigma is gone forever. Definitely not showing up in Mega Man X4. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, I think the next game we're going to play through is Kid Dracula, and as long as, you know, that game's not super long or something, I think we'll probably pretty quickly jump into Tales of the Tempest right after that. Um, from there, I don't want to, you know, lay out too much because I'm probably going to be pretty, pretty wishy-washy, but I feel pretty good about Tales of the Tempest, but who knows, you know me, I might, you know, randomly decide we're going to play something else, so... So, yeah, and, uh, I think that's gonna be it. Thanks for coming. One Control Report bot. OneControlReport.com is the website. And, uh, hope you have a great week. Bye.